everyone. It's Lisa Hunt with the training team here at High Five. And I'm happy to be talking about um, this concept of real and fake jobs on the challenge course for my talk. And here's where that comes from. Uh, maybe 18, 20 years ago, I was co-leading a workshop with an important mentor of mine, Ken Demas from Ameranek High School. And I was doing a, you know, multi-day adventure programming level one type workshop. And I was explaining to the group of professionals gathered, here's how you keep people busy on the challenge course, you know, on a catwalk, for example, here's different jobs. You could have a scribe and a reporter and a this and a backup layer. And, and he was co-leading with me and he very nicely interrupted and said, why do you have all those fake jobs? And, um, it just, it, it started this really nice conversation between us over the years around how, like, what are the real needs that we have for tasks on a challenge course? Um, and then also what did teachers, and for example, other practitioners, um, the pressures that exist in terms of keeping folks engaged and making maximum use of the human resources that you have available at any given time to run a program. So, so I want to just talk, uh, for the time that I have around some thoughts that I have and I think are reflected by other folks at High Five, um, just in the way that we program, but certainly I'll share my own experience is that conversation with Kenny all those years ago really began a shift in my thinking around what is it? What do I really need for support to make a challenge course happen? And what are the different ways that participants can help? And really at every different program assessing what's a real job. And by real job, what that means is if this person weren't doing this thing, the technical system wouldn't work or would be more risky. So that's a real job. And a fake job is, it's really about what are my motives? My motive is to make this person feel like they're important or I'm trying to manage their behavior in some way. So it's not for me to say what's the what's a fake job on your course or your course or this program. It's more to say that's the criteria that I use in my own mind. So a couple of things about real and, and sort of fake jobs. And one is that uh, I've certainly noticed that sometimes asking for people and what I would define as a fake job actually makes more work for me. So if I am, I'm a competent belayer, I know that about myself, I could, you know, feel comfortable belaying uh, any climber that's been presented to me in my career. And I know when to ask for an anchor, for example, but if I'm going to have a backup belayer, a rope tender, three ladder spotters, this person, this person, it actually makes it for me, this may not be true for everyone. It taxes my energy and perhaps takes away from the technical skill that I should be focusing on, you know, like, am I so focused on making sure that I've got 15 kids in what they think are real jobs, but they're actually fake jobs. And I'm somehow forgetting to check if the carabiner is locked, for example. So that's one thing just around where does our energy get, get taken. Another piece is what I'm going to call the myth of participation. Now, uh, I have not worked in a, for example, a public school setting where I have 
40 kids for 40 minutes on a high element. Like that's not been a problem that I've had to solve long-term over the course of years in a school like many of you have. So I'm speaking as uh, a visitor and I realize that there's expertise here that, that I, that I'm missing. So with that caveat, the myth of participating is, is as I feel like what I've seen in my career is that there is a hierarchy of value. And that if somebody is, for example, if a fifth grader is being an anchor and then you've got a couple others who are being backup belays or rope tenders. That's more valuable than having them watch their peer. Somehow it's like if they're doing a task that, that that's just generally in a lot of settings more valuable and more valued. And I, and I have really enjoyed being able to reframe that myself and for others in professional development settings by saying, well, what does it really mean to participate? What does it mean to observe? And if, if I'm, if I'm belaying somebody and the rest of my group is focused on supporting that climber, am I going to add value to their experience by forcing them into all these fake jobs that actually just makes my job a little bit more complicated? So I think that's just another thing that I think about in terms of what am I really wanting people to experience? And am I giving them an avenue to experience that in a way that is actually required or not, or does it make sense? Or am I perhaps falling into an old idea that being task oriented is the only way to sort of stay focused? And when I say, you know, I've never been in a, the, a lot of jobs that a lot of you have, what I mean is that, like, I understand if I'm belaying, I can't have kids, like, running up the walls and running into the swamp. But you know, I don't know, I said swamp. But, you know, doing all all these things. That I, but I don't think that forcing people into jobs where they actually know, because kids are so smart. Like, I actually know that I'm only being asked to do this so I don't get into trouble I'm just not sure that that always fits into the program goals that we think that it does. So the other piece, then, if we have this idea of like real and fake jobs is, okay, well, then what are other real jobs? And again, real jobs is like, without this happening, the system wouldn't work. And one thing um, that I have a huge respect and value for are programs where participants are allowed to belay. Um, whatever the age is, and there's lots of different ways that participants can be involved in a belay system, whether it's, you know, a team belay, Australian belay, or a regular P-bus belay with good support from, you know, expert instructors. Um, we at High Five don't have a, you know, here's an age limit or here's when you would or wouldn't. It's like a, a competent belay team can take a lot of different forms where, you know, we need to make, it needs to look good. It needs to make sense. It needs to prevent ground falls. Um, but really taking time to teach belaying as a skill is, is a piece that has helped me engage in more real jobs. And there are so many fabulous programs that are teaching belaying to students at a young age as a skills assessment, as a um, requirement, and they can assess each other. Um, so it's been a real pleasure to see that happening, um, over the years. And, and just finally, just my own sort of way that I work on a course, whether it's with, um, you know, high school students from Iraq to an adventure basics with professionals is I just try to ask myself at any given time, like, am I trying to manage behavior unnecessarily? And am I, um, Am I valuing observation 
as a form of participation, just like backup belaying is. And I feel like, especially with a certain age, high school, middle school, that people know, like, if I ask a, you know, ninth grader, hey, be my backup belayer, but I, do they really like think I'm worried that my belay is going to fail if they're brand new to it? So it's sort of also, I think, respectful of people to not put them into jobs that are uh, just managing their own behavior. So I have a, um interview I did with Kenny, uh, who was on the board of New York AFERD and a longtime mentor to so many of us in the field and is an important practitioner um, that I did with Ken about this topic. I don't know if it was ever published, but it was just important for me to capture it. So I have like a dialogue that the two of us did maybe 15 years ago, and I'll ask Phil to put that in the show notes if anyone wants to see what that conversation uh, sounded like. So thanks for listening, and please send in your questions. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say, uh, thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. (laughs) And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting. I think I passed the guy. (laughs) 